0: And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This offer won't last long, so please order now.
1: MyPillow.com And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. A flash from
2: Dallas. Two priests who were with President Kennedy say he is dead of bullet wounds. This is the latest information we have from Dallas. I will repeat with the greatest regret. Two priests who were with President Kennedy say he has died of bullet wounds.
0: Malcolm of. The assistant press secretary was filling in for the regular press secretary, and then he had to draw himself up to give the most fateful announcement that a press secretary might have ever had to give. All the cameras were rolling, and I remember he put his fingers like this on the desk and pressed very hard to stop his hands trembling. Do it again. Welcome John F. Kennedy. He died at approximately one o'clock Central Standard Time, today, here in Dallas. He died of a gunshot wound in the brain. Close it down. I have no other details regarding the assassination of the president.
2: Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and today is the 60th anniversary of the murder of President John F. Kennedy, our 35th president, in the streets of Dallas. A poll conducted by the Gallup Research Company this month actually shows that 63% of the American people do not believe that Lee Harvey Oswald, a lone communist nut, murdered President John F. Kennedy or that he acted alone that day. In order to help me break down exactly what did happen on November 22nd, 1963, I'm joined today by Troy Smith, the Editor-in-Chief at Rare.us. Troy, welcome to the Stone Zone.
1: with you on this historic day. I mean, 60 years from the assassination of John F. Kennedy. uh, It's an amazing, uh, it's amazing that that much time has passed and and it's it's an honor to be here today to go through it all with you.
2: Well, as uh, you know, um, I am a longtime critic of the Warren Commission conclusion uh, that Lee Harvey Oswald is the responsible for the murder of President John F. Kennedy uh, and that no Conspiracy uh, took place that day, Uh, and uh, I have written a New York Times bestselling book, uh, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Uh, Let me say at the start uh, that those who say that Kennedy was murdered by the CIA are not incorrect. Those who say that uh, organized crime, that the mob was involved in his murder. They are not incorrect. Uh, Still others who say uh, that Big Texas Oil was involved in the murder of John F. Kennedy, they are not incorrect. Uh, Yet others who say that the Secret Service uh, and the FBI and indeed the Pentagon were complicit in the murder of Kennedy, they are not incorrect. But it is my belief, based on five years of research, reported in my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, that uh, all of those individual entities, those institutions and individuals, while they all had their individual animus and motive uh, in the murder of John F. Kennedy, it was Vice President Lyndon Johnson whose motive was most acute. You see, uh, LBJ was under investigation by Robert F. Kennedy's uh, Justice Department. Robert Kennedy, the Attorney General, was, of course, the brother and chief political advisor uh, to President John F. Kennedy. Lyndon Johnson was being investigated in the Billy Sal Estes case. Billy Sal Estes was a flamboyant Texas Wheeler dealer. Johnson had delivered multi-million dollar agricultural contracts to Estes, who was kicking back to Johnson. Billy Saul would ultimately go to prison, uh, but would never testify against Johnson prior to his incarceration. After his incarceration, uh, he goes under oath in multiple jurisdictions, laying out Johnson's precise role in Kennedy's murder. Uh, and of course, uh, Billy Sahl Estes is never once mentioned in any of the multiple volumes on Lyndon Johnson by Pulitzer Prize winning author Robert Caro. Uh, and then of course, Johnson was also invest under investigation in the Bobby Baker investigation. Bobby Baker was the pre, uh, secretary of the Senate, Johnson's right hand man, his words, uh, and essentially Johnson's bagman. So no major defense appropriation, no major piece of legislation, Passed in terms of appropriations in the U.S. Senate throughout the 1950s and 60s without a payoff to good old LBJ. Robert Kennedy uh, had already begun telling people that Johnson would be prosecuted and dumped from the ticket. Uh, Indeed, President John F. Kennedy told his longtime personal secretary, Evelyn Lincoln, on his way to Dallas in Air Force One that Johnson would be dumped from the 64 ticket and likely replaced by North Carolina Governor Terry Sanford, later a U.S. senator. Interestingly enough, after the murder of JFK, returning to Andrews Air Force Base on Air Force One, uh, Evelyn Lincoln put together a list of those she believed were responsible for her boss's horrific murder. Number one on that list, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Uh, It was Johnson who convinced uh, Kennedy that he should go to Dallas. Uh, It was Johnson who, through his henchman, Governor John Connolly, who had served as Johnson's chief of staff in the Senate, uh, that the route through Dealey Plaza was selected. Kennedy advance man Jerry Bruno says in his memoirs that he thought the route through Dealey Plaza was hazardous the Secret Service manual specifically prohibits the presidential limousine from coming to a full stop and taking a hard right turn. Uh, and uh, Bruno insisted that there was a much faster and more direct route uh, to the merchandise mart uh, through on the freeway. But it was Connolly who insisted on the deadly route through Dealey Plaza. Uh, the uh, there's a tip off began on uh, a very cold inauguration day in 1961 uh, when Theodore Sorensen, Ted Sorensen, chief speech writer for John F. Kennedy, the ghost writer of Profiles in Courage, the Pulitzer Prize-winning book which John F. Kennedy neither wrote nor probably actually ever read, uh, was standing next to Bobby Baker, who I mentioned earlier was Johnson's right-hand man. Uh, And when Sorensen said to Baker, uh, after Johnson was sworn in as vice president, well, Bobby, congratulations, Bobby Baker turned to him and said, John F. Kennedy will die a violent and premature death. And he stormed out. Johnson uh, had uh, blackmailed his way on the 1960 ticket. Uh, When asked at the convention, why he would give up the powerful job of Senate Majority Leader for the powerless job of Vice President, Johnson said, and I quote, when I look at the number of Vice Presidents who became President upon the death of the President, well, I like the odds. Let's just say I'm a gambling man. I think there you have it. So uh, the idea that uh, Johnson uh, was the linchpin Uh, of the conspiracy to kill Kennedy, I think, holds water. Let's look at others uh, involved uh, in this plot. The Central Intelligence Agency, uh, according to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is deeply involved. He cites a book by James Douglas uh, called, uh, let's see, uh, JFK and the Unspeakable. Very well done book. Uh, The CIA distrusted Kennedy because they blamed him for the failed Bay of Pigs invasion, uh, as well as the, uh, the bungling of the Cuban Missile Crisis. The story you've been told that Robert and John Kennedy bravely faced down Russian dictator Nikita Khrushchev, who removed his missiles from Cuba, is entirely false. The Central Intelligence Agency, as well as the Pentagon, knew uh, what was actually classified for over 40 years, that the U.S. had removed our missiles from Turkey and Italy, changing the balance of power uh, for NATO in the uh, European theater in return for a pledge from Khrushchev to remove the missiles from Cuba. Uh, the missiles were never removed, uh, but that fiction remains out there. It is why the Central Intelligence Agency hated John Kennedy, uh, and they failed to provoke him to war uh, in, uh, over the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, uh, Troy, I'm going to stop there, having made the quick case uh, as to uh, uh, why Johnson's uh, was motivated to orchestrate this murder and at least why the Central Intelligence Agency was involved. As we go along here, I'll tell you why organized crime had an interest in Kennedy's death. The big banks had an interest in Kennedy's death. Big Texas Oil had an interest in Kennedy's death. But the one man who was the common thread to all of these institutions and individuals is none other than LBJ, cui bono, as they say in Latin. Who benefits? The greatest single beneficiary of the death of John F. Kennedy was Lyndon Baines Johnson.
1: Well, exactly, Roger. Oh, exactly. And you pointed this into your, uh, uh, your, your. Uh New York Times bestselling book, you know, I you, and I encourage everybody out there to go look at this because as we've gone on, Roger, it, it has had to be pretty amazing from your point of view to be somebody who is pushing this evidence and who's putting the facts out there and to see kind of the rest of the world come along. And as we've, you know, gone down this road and we've looked at the evidence, you know, we did a show a few months back about Paul Landis and about the bombshell information that he revealed. And we're going to get more into that here as the show goes on here. But. You know, it just has to be, you know, a really amazing position where you're at. And then to see the rest of these people who have built their their narratives about the JFK assassination based on the Warren Commission and the conclusion that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman that, you know, acted to kill JFK. So I think, you know, a good place to start, you know, you you talking to the audience here is like. What are those obvious flaws? Because you're the guy that wrote the book. You know, what are the most obvious flaws in the Warren Commission that is used as kind of this Bible for those who believe that that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in killing JFK? Uh,
2: An excellent question, uh, Troy. Uh, At the beginning of the show, we showed you a video where Malcolm Kilduff, the acting press secretary for John F. Kennedy, actually makes the public announcement that his boss, John F. Kennedy, is dead. Minutes later, Kilduff, according to his own memoirs, was on an elevator with the new president, Lyndon Johnson. Needless to say, the man was distraught. He said, Mr. President, who would do this? Who would do something so horrible? And Johnson looked at him with a grin and said, it was a communist, son. And Kilduff said, a communist? What kind of communist, Mr. President? And Johnson said, it was a Russian communist, son. Let me point out that all of this took place prior to Lee Harvey Oswald being detained. So how did Lyndon Johnson know uh, that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald allegedly uh, was a Russian communist? Fletcher Prouty, uh, who worked for the intelligence services but was on vacation in Australia, picked up the newspaper the very next day where there was a full biography and background on Lee Harvey Oswald, who had only been in custody for less than 12 hours. And he meant it made a mental note that the intelligence agencies couldn't possibly know that much about Oswald unless Oswald was known to them in advance. The Warren Commission almost didn't come into uh, fruition. Johnson's first instinct was to have the governor of Texas appoint uh, a commission to study who had killed Johnson, uh, killed Kennedy, uh, but he was convinced by his aides that uh, he would be blamed that Texas didn't have the credibility uh, and therefore he appointed a commission, uh, appointed some strange people to the commission. Alan Dulles uh, had just been fired as the head of the CIA by John F. Kennedy uh, over the bungling of the Bay of Biggs. Johnson also appointed. Uh, uh, well, let me say this. After his death, when Kennedy was uh, when Johnson was asked why he appointed Alan Dulles who Kennedy hated and who hated Kennedy to the Warren Commission, LBJ said, well, I appointed him because Bobby Kennedy wanted him to appoint. That is, of course, a lie. Robert Kennedy was dead at that point and could not refute it. Uh, Also appointed to the committee, of course, was Chief Justice Earl Warren. Warren did not want to chair the commission. Johnson told Warren, this can be heard in in an actual audio recording, that the chief had to do so because if the American people learned the truth about who killed Kennedy, well, it would cause World War III. Johnson, on numerous occasions in his recorded phone calls, implied to people that the Russians or the Cubans were involved in the murder of Kennedy. Let me say, there is not one iota of evidence that John F. Kennedy was killed by a foreign conspiracy. Indeed, Robert Kennedy, his brother, Jackie Kennedy, uh, his widow, both believed that he was the victim of a domestic conspiracy that, as I said earlier, involved the Central Intelligence Agency, bitter about what they believed was his mishandling of the Bay of Pigs fiasco uh, and the Russian Cuban missile crisis. Uh, organized crime, whose motivation was very clear, they had elected John F. Kennedy, uh, Sam G. Giancana, the head of the mob in Chicago convened uh, a a meeting of all the mob chieftains uh, from across the country for Ambassador Joseph P. Kennedy, John Kennedy's father, a gangster and bootlegger himself, who told them, my son is going to be president. I'm leaving here with $1 million today. Uh, In return for the million dollars, Kennedy agreed that his son's new administration would drop the deportation proceedings against Carlos Marcelo who headed the mob in Texas and and, uh, Louisiana, and Santo Traficante, who headed the mob in Florida. They would be double-crossed. When Robert Kennedy became attorney general, he uh, actually stepped up the efforts to deport uh, Marcelo and Traficante, which is a factor in the mob's involvement uh, in the murder of Kennedy. Uh, And then uh, to follow on, The big Texas oil companies were upset about Kennedy's efforts to repeal the oil depletion allowance Uh, that would have required uh, men like H.L. Hunt, D.H. Byrd and Clint Murchison, who made millions in oil to pay millions more in federal taxes. And of course, the national and central banks were opposed to Kennedy because he was insisting on a silver backed dollar. J.F. Hoover conducted his investigation of the murder of John Kennedy in seven days flat and concluded Lee Harvey Oswald killed Kennedy, shooting three bullets all from behind, acting alone, and gave it to the Warren Commission to rubber stamp. The commission was a part time job. In fact, The commissioners only met on one occasion. That was to approve a final report, essentially written by a very young prosecutor from Pennsylvania named Arlen Specter, who would later go on to be a U.S. senator. It was Arlen Specter who concocted the completely ridiculous cockamamie single bullet theory, uh, which stuck to the theory that there had only been three bullets shot uh, and that one of those bullets had, uh, had actually gone through Kennedy and went on to to uh, injure Governor John Connolly Uh, as you point out uh, Troy and we'll get into this uh, in a few minutes the recent revelations by 88 year old retired Secret Service agent Paul Landis who came forward only weeks ago to say that he found a pristine bullet lodged in the back of Kennedy's limousine and that he went into Parkland Hospital and placed it on Kennedy's stretcher that bullet somehow later uh, pops up on the stretcher of John F. Kennedy, and according to the Warren Commission, was lodged in Connolly's thigh and dropped off into the stretcher. This proves that the single bullet theory is nonsense. In fact, I believe that there were multiple shooters. I believe there were multiple bullets. Uh, Troy Smith and I will be back after this commercial break to continue to break down the truth about the murder of President John F. Kennedy.
0: I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our Percale kill bedsheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, 35. fulls 29. And twin size, just $25. I'm interrupting this. Commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets. And because of this, I've been able to add more colors, sizes, and even prints. And they're still at closeout prices. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code, and you'll get my king size only $39 a set. Queens $35. Full $29. And twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. Or get your very own my pillow bed sheets for as low as twenty four ninety eight. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work. They're soft and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This offer won't last long, so please order now.
1: MyPillow.com
2: Folks, please go by MyPillow.com and do it today. And when you do, use promo code STONE. Uh, Mike Lindell told you about some of the great products there, but let me put in a special plug for the dog beds uh, and the pet blankets. And right now, a special, we have free shipping this lasts until November 28th. So, for your entire order, you save a few bucks—quite a few bucks—on free shipping. So, whether it is the dog beds, or the pet blankets, uh, or the all-season slippers, or the My Pillow sandals, uh, the the revolutionary My Pillow 2.0 with the patented cooling technology, the men and women's bathrobes, uh, the. The throw blankets the waffle blankets there are so many great products here Uh, nothing that appears at mypillow.com for sale has not been tested and vetted for the highest quality by Mike Lindell himself so uh, mattresses mattress toppers uh, any of these great products it's a three for so folks and right now you get absolutely free shipping So take advantage of these special offers. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STONE. Or dial 1-800-544-8939. We make a nice commission. Uh, Thanks to Mike Lindell. This helps Mrs. Stone pay the bills. Please go to MyPillow.com now. And God bless you for it. All right. Returning now with... Troy Smith, uh, the editor-in-chief of Rare.us, in our discussion of who really killed John F. Kennedy and why. Troy?
1: Well, Roger, I think, uh, you know, we went through in this first segment, you know, about the Warren Commission, which is, like we said, held up by, you know, people who say, Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was the only killer and they hold this thing up like a Bible. And I think, you know, we went into the reasons you you said it best, you know, who benefits the most from JFK getting killed? And that would be LBJ. Uh, And I think a lot of Americans are probably, you know, asking themselves, well, if that's the case, then who actually pulled the trigger here? I mean, was it that Lee Harvey Oswald was just uh, somebody that they used to pull the trigger? Who do you actually think pulled the trigger on JFK on that day, 60 years ago?
2: Well, first of all, Troy, I think there are multiple shooters, uh, but I think the man shooting from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository building is not Lee Harvey Oswald, but rather a man named Malcolm Mac Wallace. I say this because Mac Wallace had been prosecuted for first degree murder in 1951 in Texas, and therefore the Texas Rangers have his fingerprint on file. A fingerprint is found in the crow's nest the cardboard boxes uh, that Lee Harvey Oswald allegedly shot from. uh, And it has been identified as a 32 point match with Malcolm Wallace. Wallace uh, had been convicted of murder in 1951 because he killed a man named John Douglas Kinzer, who was trying to blackmail none other than U.S. Senator uh, Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Actually Wallace would be tried for murder. Would be represented in his murder trial by Lyndon Johnson's personal attorney, John Cofer, uh, and was convicted, although he received a suspended sentence uh, and immediately went to work for a company called Temco, uh, a, a defense contractor owned by Lyndon Johnson crony, a crony, D.H. Byrd. That's not the only thing D.H. Byrd owned. He also owned the Texas School Book Depository building. Wow. Six people. Wow see a man who meets the physical description of Malcolm Wallace in the window on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository building. Two of these six witnesses are in the jail, which is directly across the the the, uh, the uh, way from the Texas School Book Depository, has an unobstructed view of the sixth floor window. Two prisoners, two of the men incarcerated there, There And three people on the ground all tell either the FBI or the Dallas police that they see a middle aged man uh, who is uh, who is uh, of mid build, uh, balding, wearing glasses. Every one of these six people describes a man wearing glasses, wearing a a tan jacket uh, and light trousers. That is not the 24 year old Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, who was uh, arrested wearing a a white T-shirt. Uh, additionally, a man named James Carr uh, is uh, reports seeing a man who meets the physical description uh, of Malcolm Mac Wallace uh, running out of the Texas School Book Depository building, jumping into a Rambler, that's a car, make of car, driven away by a dark-complected man who was either a Hispanic or an Indian. So, Malcolm Wallace, based on the fingerprints, based on the eyewitness testimony And based on his history as a sharpshooter, because he was a Marine veteran, but had a much higher rating as a shooter than Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, it is more probable that he is at least one of the shooters. There are multiple shooters, uh, as we will talk about uh, momentarily, but there's at least one behind a fence on the so-called grassy knoll. I believe that that is a Corsican sharpshooter named Nicoletti who had actually been brought into the country for the specific purpose of this assassination. Uh, There is a witness in a a railroad tower who has an unobstructed view of the area behind the fence on the grassy knoll who says he sees two men drive up in a green Plymouth uh, station wagon. They remove a rifle bag. They remove a rifle from the bag. Uh, He sees the shooting. He sees a puff of smoke. Multiple witnesses tell the Warren Commission they hear a shot and see a puff of smoke from the fence line on the grassy knoll. But this is discounted by the Warren Commission. I think that uh, the gangster Johnny Roselli uh, said afterwards that he was a shooter positioned in the sewer grate. Uh, I think there is yet another shooter in the Dow Tex building, which is across the way from the Texas School Book Depository building. All of this, Troy, is consistent with John F. Kennedy being shot from the front and the back. First of all, there are more than three bullets. Uh, no, uh, no U.S. government sharpshooter has ever been able to duplicate the three-bullet sequence within the time required. Because a Dallas police officer uh, left his radio on, we have an acoustical recording of the exact time sequence of at least three shots but no, uh, no sharpshooter from the government has been able to duplicate with a bolt-action rifle uh, this number of shots within the required time sequence. Now, Troy, uh, a shocking new documentary has been released by Paramount in which multiple doctors who attended John F. Kennedy at Parkland Hospital say that they observe wounds consistent with Kennedy being shot from the front and the back. We actually have a trailer for this documentary. We're going to run it for you right now. You replay that day in your mind, and it never goes away.
0: Something has happened, something I repeat has happened, and the motor season.
2: There has been an attempt on the life of President Kennedy. We heard Kennedy had been shot and was being brought to the emergency room at Parkland Hospital. You'd think, my goodness, I'm about to take care of the president. What happened in Trauma Room 1 never came out, never became public. I was there, I remember it in detail. It's etched in my memory forever. We got the EKG machine in, there was just a straight line. Straight line. A
0: straight line. We thought that there was an entrance wound in the neck. Parkland doctors were a serious problem for the U.S. government. And an exit wound in the back of the head. Because they provided evidence that there was a shooter somewhere in the front. In all probability, there was more than one shooter. Everything changed as soon as JFK's body left Parkland Hospital. When I saw the autopsy pictures, it made me very suspicious. Certain
2: people in our government tampered with critical evidence to make sure the American people would not know the truth about who murdered the president. And that's about as bad as it gets. Someone told me you must never, ever
0: say that that was an entrance wound again if you know what's good for you. The Parkland doctors are telling us the truth beyond any and all doubt. They have not deviated from what they observed 60 years ago.
2: Will people feel that they have a better understanding of what actually happened? Absolutely. There you have it, Troy. Uh, Multiple wounds. Uh, The wound in Kennedy's neck, described in the Warren Commission report as having come from the rear and exited from the front, uh, is the exact opposite. It is an entrance wound, according to the doctors, and a tracheotomy is quickly performed so that uh, when the body gets to Bethesda Medical Center in Washington, D.C., whether it is an entrance or exit wound uh, is uh, undecipherable. Uh, Also, the doctors say in this powerful documentary that there was a blowout wound in the back of Kennedy's head about the size of a grapefruit. But by the time the body gets to Bethesda, that wound has actually been patched. There's no report of it being there. Again, multiple shooters from the front and back. What does that mean? Well, that means there's a conspiracy. Uh, In fact, the House Select Committee on Assassinations, which was really formed as a reaction uh, to public uh, discontent with the conclusions of the Warren Commission, conducted an investigation which was stonewalled by the CIA, who provided no testimony uh, and no documents, uh, concluded, largely because the staff of the committee were experts on organized crime, that organized crime had been involved in a conspiracy to kill John F. Kennedy, without ever saying who in organized crime did so. Uh, surreptitiously recorded recordings of Carlos Marcello in his prison cell have him taking credit for involvement in the murder of John F. Kennedy. In a book written by his daughter, Sam Giancana, the Chicago mob boss who had helped finance John F. Kennedy's rise to the presidency and then been double-crossed by the mob, uh, also is recorded as taking partial responsibility for the murder of John F. Kennedy. Uh, So uh, it is, uh, I think, amazing that just in the last couple weeks, between the testimony of Paul Landis, the 88-year-old former Secret Service agent who came forward and blew apart the magic bullet theory, and these courageous doctors who have now come forward and said they witnessed uh, evidence of uh, wounds uh, from both the front and the back, The entire Warren Commission canard uh, is crumbling. Uh, I debated Gerald Posner several years ago. Uh, Posner is a very smart guy. He's an excellent writer. I admire several of his other books, but his book, Case Closed, is complete and total bullshit. By the way, I invited him on the show here today, uh, and he declined.
1: Well, and you know, Roger, just knowing you, I know you're on top of this, uh, you know, constantly, you're constantly looking for information on this because, you know, people need to understand Roger is the guy that's been putting out the theory of multiple shooters, you know, from the forefront of this and not just some kind of theory. I mean, he's really put out the evidence on this and as we've established here the Warren Commission I mean holes all over this thing and with the revelations of Landis and the secret service agents and and the doctors now at Parkland with this new documentary it's pretty amazing to see your life's work as it pertains to this issue kind of be confirmed here, Roger. It's got to give you a lot of closure. And I think as we're going forward here, you know, it's important to kind of look at the arguments made by Posner and others, who, I, like you said, I think he's a brilliant guy. It's just on this issue, he's a little hard headed. And as it comes to, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald, the thing that is always brought up is the murder of J.D. Uh, Tippett, who was a police officer. Um, who was murdered at the time. And it's claimed that Lee Harvey Oswald was the guy who killed him. And I just like you to kind of talk about that because when I see this issue discussed, that's the main thing that these people bring up. It's like, well, he obviously killed JFK because he killed JD Tippett. So could you talk about that for a little bit, Roger? Just kind of clear that yeah. up. Excellent question. So JD Tippett, um, uh, was, uh,
2: murdered, uh, shortly after John F. Kennedy. It is alleged uh, that he was murdered by Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, uh, some of those in organized crime say that Tippett was supposed to kill Oswald to silence him, but Oswald got the drop on him and killed Tippett. The problem with that is that there are four witnesses to the murder of Officer J.D. Tippett, uh, and uh, of the four of them, three describe a man who does not meet the description of Tippett seen uh, on the Right of your screen, uh, but more importantly, Troy, and this is crucial. Uh, whoever shot J.D. Tippett did so with an automatic. We know that because the spent casings from the shells uh, of the bullets that were used to kill Tippett were found on the ground. Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested uh, moments later in a Texas schoolbook, uh, pardon me, a Texas movie theater. Uh, but he is brandishing a revolver. Of the eyewitnesses of the murder of Tippett, uh, Arlen Specter chooses to believe an 89-year-old woman who, by her own admission, has trouble with her eyesight when there are three other witnesses who describe two men, including one who was reloading the gun of the man who killed Tippett, uh, and neither one of them uh, meets the uh, description of the 24-year-old, 154-pound Lee Harvey Oswald. So, um, again... Uh, those who say well the proof that Oswald killed Kennedy is that he also killed Tippett, this doesn't hold water either
1: well and and I, I I'm glad that you were able to kind of clear that up because I think that there's a lot of evidence there and as we're you know kind of like dispelling those things the next thing that they bring up is the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald was shot and killed on national TV Um, And I think in a lot of people's minds, Roger, that's kind of a a, a neat point because I think the killing of Oswald on national TV kind of makes most Americans say, oh, well, that's obviously the guy that killed Kennedy because they say, oh, he's wrapped up. They want to keep him silenced, that kind of thing. Um, But I'd like you to just talk about Jack Ruby for a second because he's not a guy that we get into a lot of detail in on, you know, mainstream media and stuff like that. Who is Jack Ruby and why does he decide to kill Lee Harvey Oswald uh, if Oswald is, in fact, just a patsy?
2: Well, I think that uh, I think Ruby shoots Oswald because Oswald is beginning to blurt out the truth. What does Oswald say when they the Dallas police bring him out in public? He says, I'm a patsy. That means I'm being uh, assigned the blame. I didn't shoot anybody. Here's a key point. A paraffin test shows uh, that there are no powder burns on Lee Harvey Oswald's chest or his arms. If he had shot a leaky $29 Carcano Italian Army carbine that he bought, uh, you know, mail order, then there would have been nitrate all over him. But there is none. Proves that he did not shoot a gun that day. Uh There is, you see a picture of of Jack Ruby, real name Jack Rubinstein, owner of a strip club, uh, the Carousel Club, actually the front man because the club was owned by Carlos Marcello, the gangster we referred to earlier. Uh, Interestingly enough, the Warren Commission concluded that Jack Ruby had no known associations with organized crime, which is laughable because he was a button man for Marcello, ran a casino for Marcello in Cuba, uh, had been arrested on multiple mob related crimes in his native Chicago. But here's how we connect him to Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Congressman Lyndon Johnson went to Congressman Richard Nixon and said, you have leftover budget money in the House Un-American Activities Committee budget. As a courtesy to me, I would like the committee to hire Jack Rubenstein uh, as an informant. Uh, And uh, Nixon, as a courtesy to his client, put Jack Ruby on the payroll. I've documented all of this in the clerk of the U.S. House records. That's why uh, when Richard Nixon, then in political exile, sitting in his Park Avenue, New York apartment, pardon me, his Fifth Avenue, New York apartment, watching on national TV, sees Jack Ruby blow Oswald away. Uh, he sits bolt upright and says to his aide, Nick Rui, I know that man. I, I know that man. Indeed, Nixon recognized immediately that the man who shot and silenced Lee Harvey Oswald had worked previously for Lyndon Baines Johnson.
1: Uh, And that that is an insane tie, I think, for most people, Roger, and I think it's a huge deal for uh, a lot of people because you're somebody who's known for, you know, talking about Richard Nixon and things like that. And that's why I want to get into next because you have kind of linked... The people who killed JFK to the people who actually eventually removed Nixon from the presidency and then attempted to take down Reagan in Iran-Contra and then even the people who removed, uh, tried to remove Trump from office all these years later. So could you talk about that kind of direct line throughout and, and, and what that is, who those people are, what's going on here?
2: You're exactly right, Troy. The same entrenched uh, special interests, the people who I contend seized control of the U.S. government from uh, the elected officials. These are unelected bureaucrats. I did so on November 22nd, 1963. And I can draw a direct line to the removal of Richard Nixon, uh, the attempted removal of Reagan and the attempted removal of President Trump when we come back from this commercial break.
0: to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever going to have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. and i'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products that's mystore.com it's my new platform for usa entrepreneurs
2: please order now this is roger stone you know winston churchill loved a good cigar so did jack kennedy mark twain and other notables whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker you need to know about my patriot cigars These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. There you have it, folks. MyPatriotCigars.com. There are four different blends, one for every palate. And now we have a special holiday discount. Instead of the 15% that we're showing, it's 25% off these premium long-leaf Nicaraguan luxury cigars when you order today. Uh, And uh, I urge you to check these out. Uh, The the price is absolutely right, and I guarantee you will be satisfied. All right, uh, this is uh, the Stone Zone. We're going to return with my uh, guest today, uh, Troy Smith, the editor-in-chief of Rare.us, and we're engaged in an in-depth analysis of the uh, murder of President John F. Kennedy, which took place 60 years ago today. Uh, Before we went to a break, uh, you asked me, Troy, about essentially the deep state. President Dwight Eisenhower warned us uh, at the end of his second term about the accumulating power of the military industrial complex. Uh, Today we call them the deep state, but it is the permanent bureaucracy entrenched in our intelligence agencies, entrenched uh, in uh, our military, in the Pentagon, uh, and their allies in the think tanks uh, and in the defense contractors. It's a permanent government. They have an absolute interest in war. War is extremely profitable for them. They tried to go John F. Kennedy into war. They tried to do it in the Bay of Pigs invasion. Uh, They tried to do it uh, over the shoot down of a U-2 pilot over Cuba, not, over, not uh, Gary Francis Powers who was shot down over Russia, but a pilot who was shot down over Cuba, uh, they removed John F. Kennedy because he would not give them the war with Russia they wanted. In the case of Richard Nixon, uh, upon his landslide re-election, He intended to completely reorganize government to take power away from the Central Intelligence Agency and the intelligence agencies. And therefore, he was taken down in a silent coup uh, over a ridiculous break-in at the Democratic National Committee headquarters, which is small potatoes when you compare it to the crimes of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Just to remind you, they used the full authority of the U.S. government and the extraordinary capability of the U.S. intelligence agencies and the authority given to them under the FISA Act to use completely fabricated evidence, the Steele dossier, and the uh, non-existent hacking of the Democratic National Committee by Russian intelligence in an illegitimate and illegal effort to take down President Donald Trump. Uh, This is the greatest single dirty trick in American politics. And uh, Special Counsel John Durham, while he missed a few of the major facts, essentially proves there was no rush conclusion. That means that there was no legal justification for the FISA warrants that were put on Donald Trump and the spying that took place on Trump Tower. There was no legitimate reason for the appointment of Robert Mueller. Uh, There was no legitimate uh, reason for the... uh, the media created hoax that we know as the Russian collusion scandal. The whole thing was a fraud. The same people who killed John F. Kennedy, the same people who removed Richard Nixon, the same people who tried to remove Ronald Reagan in Iran-Contra are the same institutions in this case that tried to remove uh, Donald J. Trump. You're absolutely right about that.
1: Troy? Presidency, I know that you had stated that you urged him to release basically all of the classified documents pertaining to the JFK assassination. And as we know, uh, Biden has just actually rejected that same request and they're keeping those things classified, at least a portion of them. Um, I wanted to ask you, why do you think that, that President Trump did not declassify all the documents? And, uh, you know, what, what do you think? Uh, when, when Do you think that if he was elected again in 24, we'd see a change there?
2: Uh, The president and I discussed this on numerous occasions. I urged him to release everything. I think it was his original intention to release everything. And then Mike Pompeo of the Central Intelligence Agency persuaded him at the last minute that some 20 percent of the documents needed to be held back to protect the, quote, sources and methods of the CIA. What was Pompeo hiding? What he's hiding is the fact that the Central Intelligence Agency is deeply involved in the murder of John F. Kennedy. Uh, sadly, President, Kennedy, President Trump decided not to release everything. Now, however, he says that if he returns to the White House, he will finally release everything, including releasing the documents uh, that President Joe Biden was also told by the CIA he cannot release. What are they hiding? They're hiding what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has said, that the Central Intelligence Agency, whose budget was controlled by Senator Lyndon Johnson, who as majority leader of the Senate, takes the unusual step of appointing himself to the subcommittee of defense appropriations, where the secret black box budgets for the CIA are controlled throughout the 50s and early 60s, uh, were complicit uh, in the murder of John F. Kennedy. Let me put it another way. Kennedy was murdered by his own government. That is what they are hiding.
1: Well, and it seems to me that, you know, we've 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 tied this direct line. And as you said, the same people who killed JFK are mainly the same people who were responsible for trying to remove Trump. So it makes sense that Pompeo would try to conceal that because this is a group of people that is still very active in in what they're doing and the control that they have. Uh, Roger, there's one more thing. I wanted to get a couple more things here. Uh, One, uh, the Warren Commission uh, member uh, and then, you know, a congressman then that became president was Gerald Ford. Um, And you have we've talked about this before you've actually linked Gerald Ford to uh, the cover-up of JFK's murder I'd like you to talk about that and and just kind of highlight that because it kind of shows a continuation of what we're talking about here
2: Yeah, there you see Gerald Ford then a congressman a member of the Warren Commission that is Earl Warren handing over the final conclusions uh, of the committee Uh, there were three members of the Warren Commission we're having a very hard time swallowing Arlen Specter's conclusions, which are really the conclusions of FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover. One of them was a Senate, uh, pardon me, House Majority Leader Hale Boggs. Uh, he would die mysteriously in a plane crash. Uh, the others were uh, Senator John Sherman Cooper uh, from uh, Kentucky, uh, and uh, also uh, the senator uh, from uh, Georgia, uh, and therefore. Uh, in order to get them to go along, uh, Hoover asked uh, Congressman Gerald Ford to take the actual diagram from the autopsy uh, of John F. Kennedy, in which his doctor had uh, had written in by pencil where the wounds were. He erases the wound in Kennedy's uh, upper back uh, to move it to uh, his neck to accommodate uh, the, uh, the so-called magic bullet theory. Uh, I wrote an extensive piece about this at Substack. You can go to rogerstone.substack.com uh, uh, and I lay it all out there. Uh, I think uh, we are, unfortunately, uh, Troy, out of time. So I want to thank you for joining me for this special edition of The Stone Zone. And I'm going to give you the final word.
1: I appreciate it, Roger. I think it's important for everybody to remember, you know, I was not alive when JFK was assassinated. And I think there's a lot of people out there that probably weren't around when that happened. And you've always looked at this as what a pivotal moment in history, especially in U.S. history. Uh, and, And it's just such an important moment. I think people need to realize that. The further we dig into this, the further we look for the truth, uh, the more apparent it will be that we are also at this kind of point right now, a pivotal moment. And we need to uh, push forward. We need to continue to, you know, look for the truth here, Roger. That's why I'm proud to be here. All
2: right. Thank you. And God bless you. uh, And have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, We'll be back on Monday. We're going to show you some of our great programming tomorrow and Friday. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving and Godspeed. Thank you.
0: Hello, everyone. I wanted to get in here and uh, interrupt this great show by my great friend, Roger Stone. And uh, what we have is we have the best special ever exclusive to Lindell TV. And that is we have the, the, everybody knows the towel sets, right? That's a six piece towel sets. If you go down to the radio podcast, we've got, um, we've got our, right there they are. He's $29.98. We're closing them out. We're closing out the towels. We have our new Shapir Longstable, our new design on the right there. Those are, that we're, those are on sale too, but what the exclusive for, for uh, our listeners and anyone watching Roger's show here, uh, you get, there they are. We're closing these towels out. Once they're gone, they're gone. They're only, I believe there's three colors left, six piece towel sets. This is what I wanted to do to help out all our great hosts here and, uh, Roger's one of the best. So use the promo code STONE and you get it for $29.98 for a six pack set. Otherwise, you call this number 800 858 0402. Use that promo code STONE. Uh, my operators are standing by. You're helping my pillow. You're helping yourself with these great products. And you can keep watching Roger's great show here on Lindell TV.